Ladies and gentlemen, this is We Too Deep, we, and that's DJ Wavy D, and this is the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the fallout of Royal Rumble, our thoughts on that, um, and then a bunch more after that. But first, we're going to start with some news um, uh, that, that, have, that has come out over the last week or so. Um, and there's really three ways that I've heard people talk about it. And that's one, not talk about it. Number two, sort of automatically assert guilt to the to said people involved or three automatically assert innocence. We're going to do it a fourth way. We're just going to get, use the facts that we know and talk about this. And that is the Vince McMahon allegations i'm not going to read the text messages if you want to read if you want to hear people read it go listen to jim Cornette because that 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 guy you want to give a great reading of it if you guys are familiar with joe budden from the joe budden podcast he delivered a a juicy (laughs) delivery on it my my, my ears were were, were, um were dripping a little bit (laughs) um y'all have all heard the text messages and all of that we ain't going to read all that um But I do want to talk about it. I think it is important for us to at least touch the topic. Um, so I'll let you start. What do you? What is your overall thought, sort of, on the allegations? What do you feel about this whole situation? So I cannot say I'm surprised because just because I don't know it's weird because it's a person who not necessarily you look up to, but someone who who you've known from a distance for, for years or like you think you've known because, you know, you've seen him on TV for the last, what, 30 years, 30-ish years. He's been on TV in some some sort of fashion, 30-plus years. And, you know, of course, you know, you don't know these people in real life. You're, you only know what you see on the, on TV from their character. But, you know, in all the interviews you, you heard about him from other wrestlers over the years, it seemed like he had a good rapport with most of them. You know, after once he did it, you know, they kind of mended, you know, mended bridges along the way, you know, for most of them. And when the news came out, I was like, oh, so was his on TV character really a character? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, not to make crazy light of the situation, you know, I, I, I do believe to, to a certain extent, you know, innocence are proven guilty. You know, the, the stuff that came out, the evidence and all that, you know, seems pretty damning. But, you know, I, I have other thoughts on that that, I, you know, I'll probably dig in deeper a little bit later, you know, after, after hearing your initial thoughts. Yeah, um, I'm kind of with you. I, I think I, I hesitate making judgment because um, we don't know what's true and what's not. Um, right now, they're just allegations. Um I will say this. I, I want to preface this. You know, I'm not going to condone it. I'm sure Wavy D won't condone this. If, if it's if what has tr- happened in those text messages is true, 
absolutely we have to we have to condemn that type of behavior however there is a part of me that when reading those text messages thought there's no way an 80 year old man wrote these yeah that's what really threw me off like how, how old is Vince like 77 78 yeah. like he's, right. he's up there and like like it felt like I was reading like a text message from a kid who just discovered like pornography and now right. I was just like right it just seems so like wild and crazy and like and also like who leaves quote unquote evidence like that if those are his text messages who leaves those those out there and right. who just sends those and so I mean for for those who aren't aware Vince McMahon has been alleged against him by a woman named as Miss Grant um, that he sex trafficked her sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, sexual assault, the whole nine. Um, and then allegedly he would pawn her off slash pimp her out to other wrestlers or at least attempt to pimp her out to other wrestlers. And he would like watch other, like watch other talent slash workers or people who are employed by WWE also have like sexual relations with her. And it's very, it's very, like, weird and very abnormal, and it's just like it's really caught you by surprise, right? And just I don't know, like, so apparently, if, if my my facts are straight, she was one of the women who initially came out with the hush money scandals. Yep. And then, so a part of their NDA was that Vince was supposed to allegedly pay her three million dollars. He allegedly only paid her one million dollars of the three million, mm-hmm. making her come out. You know, their their NDA was the null void, which also, from what I heard, in most states, like and NDAs that hide sexual activity are illegal. So I don't know if that it right. was you know enforceable in the first place, but um, yeah. So he didn't pay the money, and then she came out and sell you know all the stuff that he did and filed a civil suit. Um, I, I, I don't know if the statute of limitations are up for like actual like criminal criminal suit, right? Like, like, like the part of me, you know, like most, you know, I, I do want to believe victims, and I, you know, I want to believe their stories, believe what they say. But part of me is like, why don't you want to see the man behind bars if he did all this crazy harsh right. stuff to you, right? You know, I know sometimes it's hard to get the evidence to prove it, and it's really hard to prove this stuff, especially if it's over like a long, you know, long period of time ago. That it's really hard to have evidence, but I feel like if those text messages are valid, that's really good evidence to prove it. And like you know, once mm-hmm. you want to get behind bars, I, you know, I guess he's old. He'll go to like one of those you know rich prisons, so you know you know get your money. But at the same time, it's like don't you want to see him behind bars before you get money? You know what I'm saying? That's right. My point of view. I feel that. Um, I f- I don't know. It's just. Like you said, it was it's kind of weird just seeing someone you sort of like grew up like like when I heard this of like the allegations in 2021, the hush money stuff, like yeah, that, that made sense. Like that sounds like something Vince McMahon or Mr. McMahon would do. Mm. But I don't know, some of the stuff like I don't know, like it just so doesn't fit it doesn't fit what everyone has sort of said that has worked for him has said that Vince McMahon would act like court like you know like I said Jim Cornette I mean he did a whole like 45 minute segment of his show talking about this and 
said that everything that he was reading sounded nothing like the Vince McMahon he knew. Mm. Um, and so I don't know. It's just, I'm not saying he didn't do it. Uh, I just, I don't want to say he's guilty or innocent until, because we live in a culture now that, um, instead of innocent until proving guilty, it's guilty until proven innocent. Mm. And so you see everyone on, on social media, automatically sort of like oh uh vince mcmahon's dead to me blah blah this that and the third um you know going after him going after triple h going after people uh all these people um and i don't know i i just i was thinking about it earlier um if this does get picked up by court by a court and, and in front of a judge i mean there's some things that could come out, you know, unquestioning to triple H, you know, people like Shawn Michaels, Kevin Dunn, Mm -hmm. that, you know, this, this could be a, a a situation where Endeavor TKO may have to clean house. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't know how, how that'll feel. Uh, you know, I don't know if you watched the the presser after Royal Rumble, but triple H, triple H was, yeah, he did what what I expected him to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it definitely—I don't know if he has any knowledge of this. This might be something where TKO has to, you know, get him out of there. You know, mm. think about their brand. So that's just. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to say on this topic before we move um, forward? So, like, when it comes to Triple H and all them, I'm under the mindset that, um. If there, if there was more people involved in it, like there is, I feel like she would name more people. But also, mm-hmm. if she doesn't name more people, I feel like Vince loves the WWE so much and loves his creation, his baby, that he'll just take the bullet for everything. Mm-hmm. And he won't throw anyone under the bus, mm-hmm. especially if they don't speak out against him. So I'm not saying Triple H and all them know anything about it. They might not. They might do. Or they might do. They might not. Um, if they do know about it, you know, they didn't really do anything about it. You know, that's also a shame on them. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from what I know about Triple H throughout his interviews and all his stories throughout, you know, throughout his life or, you know, throughout his career, he seems like a pretty decent stand-up guy. Again, mm-hmm. we only know what, what we only know or see what they want us to see. Um, you know, in their interviews, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are all actors at the end of the day. So, you know, right. You know, it's, it's kind, of, kind of the same thing with, like, Jonathan Majors when he did his Good Morning America interview. A lot of people didn't buy it because he's an actor, and they just thought his interview was him acting mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, at the end of the day, we don't really know these people. So, we, so we, it's definitely a very big, important part is to is to acknowledge that, that you don't really know these people. And you only see what they want you to see on TV or in their interviews and their movies and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, if, if Triple H, you know, like back to the presser, I expect him to say anything about it. Right. I, I, I was kind of surprised that they let the questions go get through. Yeah. But I, I guess this I guess is also another way to show that WWE doesn't really vet their questions like that. Cause I, you know, like when I watched some of the, the um, AW uh, press conferences, it seemed like, like, like they vet theirs a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, I'm not trying to you know, compare apples and oranges or, you know, who does what better, who does what, you know, but right. I was surprised that the, that it got through, but unless it was just such a big a topic that WWE knew that they couldn't really vet the questions out without looking shady, 
So right, you know, they, they right. probably could have just let it through that way. But yeah. Cody Rhodes answered it. A lot of people liked his answer a lot. But also, Cody did, doesn't really have anything to do with it because he's just another contracted wrestler. And right. I feel like he wasn't here for it because he returned to what, 2022? Yeah. His allegations came out in 2021 and before that. So, like, he wasn't even – he wasn't here for it. So, he's not really involved anyways. Right. And, yeah, Triple H and the rest of them, I'm just hoping that they don't know, but we never know. Right. Yeah, I think I'll end it by saying, you know, if – you know, if this did happen, absolutely, man has to pay for whatever he did. I would like to see him behind bars because I think the stuff that he's being accused of, they're crying. He should pay for it. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the biggest thing that really bothers me are, and they're mostly AEW fans who come out and say, oh, if you support WWE after knowing these allegations, you know, you're, you know, they're sort of putting that guilt on the fans as well. And I have nothing to do with this. I just, I enjoy the product. It's a show to me. Um, and I'm going to continue to enjoy watching wwe as long as it's on tv um i'm not going to stop watching it because the now former chairman of the board uh, did crimes uh i mean how many other shows are on tv how many other celebrities have done crimes that we and we still support them so um and it's crazy because the same people are the same people you know granted we kind of touched on last week but it's the same people who will tell you that they shouldn't erase Chris Benoit's history. Right. And it's the same people where Chris Jericho was also accused of stuff on, you know, over mm-hmm. there. Right. And, you know, all, all that stuff. So, I, you know, the wrestling, the history of wrestling was very, was definitely very toxic. I definitely feel like it's moving forward and getting better. Mm-hmm. But it does, it does come from a toxic boys will be boys, like, right. mentality back in the day. Right. You know? Absolutely. All right, so we'll move on to the bigger event that happened this weekend, and that is the Royal Rumble. Um, so overall, what's your overall thoughts of the, the PLE itself? And then we'll break into um, the, the individual Rumble matches. So I will say that I, I am happy that the women do get do get a Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is that you have when you have two Royal Rumbles in one night, that itself is already two hours of a like three three and a half hour program, mm-hmm. and then especially when you only fill it with like two other matches, and like we already knew the outcome of both of them. I feel I feel like right, this whole right. card. I feel like we predicted the whole the winner of the whole card. The only one that was a little bit of a surprise, I guess, was Cody. But to some people, it was either Cody or Punk. Right. It was honestly a toss of 50-50. So like essentially, you knew the winner of all four matches. Yeah, and it's just you know, I mean, I'm not saying split the Royal Rumble into two nights, but like having two Royal Rumbles in one night, it's like when they have like two or three elimination chambers in one night. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many, there's only so many spots you can do that, so that way you don't take away from the other match. Like when they have the men's and women's like Money in the Bank match, right. there's only so many spots that the women could do to leave spots open for the men, and vice versa, and right. so. And I feel like both Rumbles kind of told similar stories. Like, you know, they had a baby face who got, like, injured, and they came back at number 30. And, like, you know, we all kind of knew they are coming back, but we wish that they came back earlier so 30 could be, like, a surprise. 
I didn't even put that together. They I, they did the same booking for both shows. Yeah, and like I've, I've always hated that when like especially when Vince was here back in the day when they would list you like twenty seven of the thirty competitors were like on the screen mm-hmm. like during promotion. I like this year where it was like you know there was like five people from like each like you know so you know there was a lot of you know wonder who's going to be in this year a lot of wondering. But it's like when you have people who you who you know are going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Like I wish that thirty spot was was almost always a surprise. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like you know they they could have brought in like say put Sammy at the pack map. Oh, let me get started on that. The Pat <laughs> McAfee spot. I was I was under the assumption that he filled in for Brock, but apparently, uh, Braun fil- filled in for Brock, and the Pat McAfee spot was always going to be there. But if it was always mm-hmm. there, how come Pat didn't know about it? Like I feel like that's a little like. Unless, unless Pat was just you know working and you know, you know right. saying, saying that he didn't know, I feel like that's kind of dumb to be like, right. oh by the by the way, pal, your first night back in like two months, you're in the, you're in the Royal Rumble, right? And they had cowboy boots on. I um, just yeah, just, I mean oh, yeah. That, that that spot. Oh, we'll we'll get into we'll get into that in a, in a little bit when we talk about these wasted entrances. Um, I do feel like the right people won though. Right, so. I think when we step back from the hype that we put into it of this is who could be here um, and look at what we actually got, I'm not upset with it. Um, Well, I'll put that. I'll put it back. I'm a little bit upset with Cody, Um, but everyone knows I'm a Cody hater and I'll be a proud Cody hater until they give me something to actually enjoy from his programming. Um, but Bailey definitely the right choice. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm I'm really not all that upset with Cody. I just I hope they push the story that they started pushing yesterday. I hope he chooses Seth. I really do. I think um I think that would be a better match for him. Just just the way I I view the the bloodline story. I don't see where he fits in it anymore. And you and me sort of have different opinions on yeah. it. I I feel the the last year has basically been a waste, and you feel it, it's been building his story, which it has, but it really hasn't led to anything. He, I don't. That's a whole different episode we could do. Uh, but well, I, I feel like that's part of the fallout after. Yeah, true, true. Um, I just, I think my biggest problem with the men's rumble. I don't I didn't really have many much problems with it other than the lack of true surprises. Mm. Um but again I think a lot of that was just hype. The Okadas and the uh Ty Dillingers and all of that. That that was mm. sort of just hype that I think we bought into. Um but with the women's they have a, a bigger problem and that is maybe 40% of the pe- the women on the roster that were in the rumble got zero reaction. Hmm. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily their fault. I think this has to do more so with, um, th- they're not presented as serious competitors. Mm-hmm. Just someone like Candice Lorray comes, came out like what? Five. Um, and, four. Yep. Yeah. And she literally, the entire arena got quiet when her music played. Mm. Um, and so I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the women's 
division only has two belts to fight for other than the tag team. And so they're not being presented as, whereas in the men's, because the mid card is very strong in the men's side, everyone in there felt useful outside of the Pat McAfee. Um, um, And so I feel if, if WWE could add some mid card title, something to give the women the fight for outside of, you know, the two main titles that it wouldn't feel like a, a lot of fluff in the middle. Um, but I, I would still say the women had a better rumble. They had a little bit more, more surprises. Jordan grace was a surprise f- for everyone. I don't think anyone predicted her to be there. Um, and so that, that's pretty cool to see that TNA relationship. Um, and then, I, well, we'll get. To, I guess we can go to this. Uh, who are your breakout stars? We'll start with the women, and then we'll go to the men's rumble. Breakout stars. Um. So, okay, I mean, it's not really. So, she's not really a breakout because she already has the history and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like this was a big night for Bailey because right. she got the win and got her to a WrestleMania title shot. I feel like she over over the course of their careers. She has been the most slept-on member of the four horsewomen. You know, of course, you know, Charlotte has the most titles. Becky's been pushed a lot over, like, the last, like, you know, few years, involved in, like, every major women's story. Um, Sasha has the big fan base. I feel like she's a little overhyped, in my opinion, but she has the big fan base because she has that personality and, you know, she has she has that following. And I feel like Bailey is always, like, the the – the black swan or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I feel like she's the one that people don't keep an eye out for. And if you look at the rumble, she had the second most eliminations behind Naya. She had seven eliminations. Mm. So not only did she get a lot of elims, but she was an R woman. She came in at the third spot, lasted like an hour and three minutes, and she had the eliminations. Mm. So I definitely feel like she was a she was a breakout in this rumble. Um, again, Nia Jax, a lot of people <laughs> – I, I've I've been a, 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 a avid enjoyer of her return. You know, a yeah. lot of people a lot of people hate on her, but they hate on her for for her past. I feel like since she's been back, she's been good. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of her promo style because you know I feel like she's like this big strong woman, but she plays like the. I know she's essentially her character is like she's like the bully, mm-hmm. but like when she's giving like a promo, I always feel like she's like kind of whining. Mm-hmm. Or like being too like like Disney movie sassy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I feel like Nia had a good showing. Eight eliminations led the pack. But like outside of them, oh Jade had a great night. She came out and eliminated the big threat and Nia single-handedly picking her up not once but twice. Mm-hmm. And you know, woman handling her. Um Tiffany Stratton looked like money when she came out, came in the ring his hip. Beautiful swanton made it to the final four, right? Or five? Something like that, yeah. I think I think it was the final final five. Yes, yeah, final five. Because she got eliminated, then Bianca, and then the three women. Yeah, so yeah. she was final five. She entered very late, but mm-hmm. I feel like she showed a little bit of spark of what she got. Um and then Liv Morgan was Liv Morgan. I don't really think she shined. She, she didn't really have the time to shine. I thought 
you gonna bring her back, you bring her back early and let her, you know, right, get some of that glow. But I feel like that's that's a big problem with, with the Royal Rumbles, is that outside of when the participant enters the match and then does like like three cool moves, mm-hmm. it's just what's just stalling for the next person. So right. like every every year we fall into, into the trap of like being very overhyped for the rumble, mm-hmm. and then we fall into the same conundrum every year where it's like we're so hyped, we're so hyped, it's gonna be such a big night, and then outside of the entrances, there's not too much going on in the ring itself. Right. But yeah, that, that that's that's my breakout stars for the women's side of the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So I I'll add uh I I know you touched on her, but Jade uh, just. This is what I'm talking about. Like this exactly is what I'm talking about when I say that booking and presentation can make a character. Mm. Um, so WWE uh, did something very, very important before Jade showed up, and that is they mentioned that it took six people last year to eliminate Nia Jax. That's very important. This is why I say mm. commentary is important. One of the most important parts of the presentation without commentary, no one's there to sell you the story. Um, and so Michael Cole mentioned, you know, it's like six people to eliminate Nia last year. So when you enter Jade Cargill into the match, you have that in your mind and she single handedly by herself eliminates the biggest threat in the match literally. And, you know, like you said, she had eight eliminations. And so, that presents Jade as, you know, the, the the giant of the division. She's, you know, strong. You know, they did the spot with her and Bianca and the, uh, uh, you know, they both had someone lifted up. I forgot who they were both lifting up. But um, that's going to be a match at some point. I'm expecting that to be the Mania match. Mm. Um, though, part of me believes that, Naya versus Jade would be something that I would get in. I'm with you on Naya's return. I'm for it. She's a hundred percent improved in the ring. I think they've put her in a place presentation wise where she doesn't have to do too much. I think Vince just put her in a place where she had to do matches and she wasn't ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Jade definitely, um, and I, I I agree with you with Bailey. This was a big night for her because even though she's she's been when we talk about like the four horsewomen, you know Charlotte gets her vacation every year, and so mm-hmm. we never really see her. And then other than Becky, Bailey's been one of the ones that like she's she's a workhorse. Outside of her injury, she hasn't ever taken time off. Mm-hmm. She puts in the work. She's gotten over EO uh, and Dakota. Two people who would have not gotten gotten over without Bailey, I believe, on the main roster, um, and has sort of even helped like Kyrie Sane and even even to a, a degree Oscar sort of get over um, mm-hmm. with this whole this whole faction, um, and so yeah, I, I I definitely think that this was a big night for her, um, to add to the Hall of Fame career that she already has. Um, and I'm excited. I think I'm more excited for her story because it, I think it's going to play in a little bit more to, a uh, a guessing game of who, uh, she's going to choose. And there's a lot more drama there than what we have with Cody. Um, so we'll move to the men's then who's, who's your breakout stars for the men. 
Um, let's see. So actually, I feel like okay. Well, to answer your initial question, I feel like it was a really great showing for Braun Breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, he came in, took took Lesnar's spots, and did them really well. He he showed that he belongs with the big dogs. Um, he has the look, he has the move set, he has the athleticism, the agility, the power. Pretty much has everything. Mm-hmm. And cur- currently on TNA, he sh- I mean not TNA. Currently on NXT, he's showing that he has like the charisma and the funniness to be you know a little funny backstage with him and Corbin. Mm-hmm. You know, say so he's, he's showing that he's not just a strong guy with you know anger and muscles. Like he he has like a almost like a curry angle, like a little funny side. You know, saying the entertainment side. So I feel like Braun definitely has a um, he has a bright future. Um, I feel like Dominic Dominic Mysterio had um, not saying not saying he had a crazy night, but he eliminated Braun. He eliminated the big threat, and mm. uh, Dom uh, was called Dominic himself lasted about like thirty minutes. I feel like he had a good night. He he showed that you know he you know, he he was outside the ring, kind of playing to the crowd like I'm not gonna enter quite yet. I feel like Dom does a lot of a lot of good stuff when it comes to entertainment outside the ring. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know he can wrestle. You know he might have the craziest move set, but he does a lot of like the selling real well. A lot of the storytelling, entertainment part. He has like he has an it factor about him. Um, he wasn't in the match long, but I feel like Ludwig Kaiser has a he's gonna be he's gonna break out. Yep. Um, especially in twenty twenty four, I feel like he's gonna break out. Uh, Cody winning back to back, you know, big thing. CM Punk had good showing. He entered very late and still put in 21 minutes worth of time, mostly because that one on one match with Cody at the end. I mean, yeah, so pretty much Braun, Dom, and Cody, those are the guys who like really showed out. Yeah. And I think I can agree with those. Um, to add on to Kaiser, I, I liked what they did. And this is, I, I've always believed that he was, he's going to be the one to take the IC title off of Gunther. And we, we, we sort of had this building for a while where Gunther, whenever Kaiser loses a match, Gunther sort of chastises him. Mm. And the same thing happened here. You know, it just so happened Kaiser gets eliminated in three seconds later, Gunther's entering the rumble. So as they're crossing each other, up down and up and down the ramp and Gunther sort of looks at him with the sort of disgust that he always does. Um, this is going to make Kaiser's face turn. He's going to be an instant baby face. Like when, when the turn happens, um, I don't know if it's to like the Jay Uso level. I'll tell you something that beginning of that men's rumble made me extremely hyped for WrestleMania. Yes. Between the Usos. Um, just everything about it. And I know people are tired of the, the bloodline story, but it, it fuels me when I see it, just, hmm. just the, the cinema that we get from J- Jay Uso and his, his acting ability is crazy. Um, I mean, Jimmy's good. He's not as good as Jay, but just the facial aspect of it, the facial, um, the, the, you know, Jay just can act and, and do that. He, he entered first, right? Jay entered first. And then, uh, yes. Yeah. And then, Jimmy's, no, uh, yeah. Jay first. Jimmy yeah. Second, yes. So when Jimmy's music hit and Jay sort of, you know, he dropped his face and looked back and was like, Oh no, it's my brother. Uh, it, it just, it, it got me hyped for it. Um, and, um, 
But yeah, real definitely Braun Breaker. He, you know, last minute gets added to the match. He does he does his thing. He comes in. They present him well. Uh, and you know, I, I I'm not gonna call him a breakout star because we only see him during the Royal Rumble. But my man Omos showed back up. <laughs> uh, we're not gonna see him for another six months. Uh, he, he'll magically get into Money in the Bank somehow. <laughs> I'm telling you, him and Randy Orton in WrestleMania. Watch <laughs> that. That'd be, be crazy. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I I I had a a lot of fun with those guys. Braun, I think, definitely was like the big one that stepped out. Like, yeah, he's probably like the performer of this match. Um, he definitely showed he was ready. Um, and and I I hope they keep him on the main roster. I after the the dusty cup. He, he doesn't need to be down there anymore. Um, so then we'll come to, a, this is a harder question to answer. I think for some, because I don't want to, I don't like the, the term wasted entrances because I don't necessarily, I don't think it's fair to say, Hey, you, you're a waste. Hmm. And because in the past, you know, we could say that the legends were a waste and I can agree with it. Mm-hmm. But if you're on the roster, like you're there for a reason. It's not a, but there are some wasted entrances. So we'll start again with the women. Did you feel there were anyone that was a wasted of um, a waste? Um, okay, so I'll put it this way: I'm happy that she got out the way early and they got Natalia in first. <laughs> so I, know, I told I'm, you, I told you that was going to happen. I'm a Natalia hater. Okay, I'll admit it here. Big time. She's she's a lovely person. She does she does a lot for the business. This is I feel like it's time for her to transition to a backstage role, a more mm-hmm. of a trainer role, or even like a mm-hmm. Titus O'Neil, Brandon Bassler role. I don't want to, you know, really see her on weekly television. She, like, I feel like outside of, like, kids, she's not really connecting with the audience like that. Just right. me personally. Right. So I feel like, you know, having her, I like that she got out the way early, but, you know, I just, I don't care too much for her at the moment. Same thing with like Candice LeRae. I get, you know, she has a big following. Like, uh, you know, p- people like her for her own work, but they also like her whole group of people that she's with, mm-hmm. you know, Indy and uh, Johnny and all that, that little, that niche group. So, you know, people like her, but I just don't really see star, like star in her. Um, let's see. Katana Chance had a really good showing. So I'm not going to say she was a waste. You know, a, a lot, like you were saying, a lot of the women's roster, you know, saying like all these women are fighting for tag titles or hanging out in catering. So, right. So, I mean, if I just go down the list, like, you know, the, the problem is, is that even if they're not having like all the matches in the ring, let's get some more backstage segments where I can see more of their personality. You know, say like no one's ever gonna tell you that the hurricane was the greatest wrestler ever. Right. But he was highly entertaining. Not you know, for his backstage segments. He was a very entertaining guy. People and they like seeing him. Right. Um, and also a big problem is that for half the women's roster, you didn't know who was coming out because you couldn't tell their music apart. They all a lot right. of them have very right. generic music and you can't you can't yep. tell who it was. People there were people on Twitter who were in the audience. Saying that they're looking at the at the Tron because they couldn't figure out whose music it was, and they that's why like a lot of like um reactions were delayed or didn't even happen because we were confused on who actually came out. Like mm. was it what's their names? Isla Dawn and um 
and Alba, um, Alba Fire, yeah, yeah, like who, who, like their music hit. I was like, who the hell is coming out to the ring right now? Right, and, like, I was like, who is this? And yeah, I mean, like, like, ha- like the 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 whole middle of the roster or the whole middle of the the match was tag team partners coming out. Like, right. literally, you had Ivy Nile. Well, sorry, yeah, yeah Ivy Nile followed by Katana Katana Chance. Bianca came out in there. Kyrie then came out. Then Tegan. And then Caden. And then Chelsea. Piper. Zaya. Like you have all these tag team wrestlers and all these lower mid card, lower mid card wrestlers. That like yeah. it was just a lot of fluff in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I I, th- I thought the women's rumble was actually better than the men's rumble. Yeah. Just because I feel like they had, which is which is weird saying that there's all this fluff, but they had a lot of star power. Especially star power late in the rumble, whereas the mm-hmm. men's, you know, they show so much of them to the point where it's almost like a lot of them are equal footing. Mm-hmm. So you can't really separate the the stars from the mega stars. And right. I'm not gonna say Jimmy and Jay were a waste; they definitely weren't. But after their initial interaction, they were just like background pieces the whole time. So right. like Jay, Jay might have been there for in there for 50 minutes, but he only eliminated one guy. Which is JD McDonough. So like mm-hmm. he's he spent 50 minutes just kind of like hanging on the bottom rope the whole match. So like outside of their initial interaction, their whole participation on Rumble was kind of a waste. Right. Uh so so for the for, for the women, one you didn't mention that I felt was just a complete waste of space is oh, Pat McAfee. Big waste. Uh, well <laughs> well uh Maxine Dupree. I'm sorry. She can't wrestle. Please just let her be a mouthpiece. She's entertaining, but she can't be in a situation where she has to do she actual was matches. Pract- she was practicing the Alpha Academy, skin the cat, but she just failed a little bit. Okay, it's a growing <laughs> pain. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. Like there was, just, she was doing the little like Otis hip thrust thing at random times. Just it, it was weird. It was a weird little like five minute period of time there that no one knew what the hell was going on. Um, but that was really the only one that I really would say was a waste, in my Valhalla. opinion. Yeah, yeah, we can add add her uh, unless they're gonna build towards Ivar versus our truth. You know, say you know <laughs> they, might, they might build to that. But uh, truth, truth is the breakout star we all all need to love. Yes. Uh, but uh, we'll go to the man. We'll let you, I'm gonna let you rant a little bit on Pat McAfee because I feel you got a rant inside of you on this on this oh, one. Okay, so like as far as the Pat McAfee thing, it's like you know he says he didn't know it could be a work, it could not be a work. You know, saying I'm gonna take him for his word at this point because I feel like there's no reason to like really lie about it. I just feel like that that's like a pointless work to do. But like if he really didn't know. And like you weren't gonna have him do anything, like give that spot to like someone who like is on TV weekly or someone who's an XT like busting their ass, like like just have Pat McAfee come in the ring and like eliminate himself because he sees Omos and Braun. Like of course you know it's like haha, kind of funny, but then when you look back at it, you're like that's just a waste of a spot. And like right. I feel like for a rumble for the men's rumble that lacks surprises like you know everybody in this match was a was a current superstar on the roster right they had no you know outside people i feel like you could have entered like a moose in there if you want to like you know you know interact with tna or you could have brought moose or even, in. You could, <laughs> Trick or Williams. even 
there you go. I was that was the name I was gonna say because at that point in the rumble, it was dead. Let's talk about this Tampa crowd for a minute. Y'all suck. That that crowd was mid as hell. Yo, everyone on Twitter and TikTok comments were 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 really trying to say the crowd was live that, that were there. They're like everyone's talking about the crowd was dead. And they're like, What are you talking about? We were super live, we were super this. So I don't know if it was a production issue. But even like right. when I was home watching it, I just I thought they were dead. But they, right. everyone everyone insists that they were alive. Um, but uh, if it, it, it looked like it, it at least sounded and looked like they were dead. Imagine uh, McAfee came what like 24, 25, mm-hmm. something like that. Imagine at that point in the Rumble, Trick Williams music just hit. Yes, like that whole arena, maybe maybe not the whole one arena, but like eighty percent of the crowd knows who. Trick he, Williams is. He came out at um. Was it Mon- Was it Raw? It was or SmackDown this it was week. Just, it was SmackDown last hey, week. He, yeah. he came out on SmackDown. The whole crowd was going crazy. Right. So just, at, I mean, he was there. Like they were an hour away from Orlando. So it's not like he's not in, available. Yeah. Um. And so that that would have been, especially if I felt that they could have used that. Because even on SmackDown, they added to the story, but you know the another little notch of like mm-hmm. Trick and Mellow story, where they could have like Trick accidentally eliminate Carmelo because someone ducked and he kicked him over the ropes. Mm-hmm. Like I felt that they could have added to that story, especially seeing that tonight they're doing the their tag team match to advance to the finals. I don't know who won. I haven't paid attention to it, but neither. Yeah, I don't have it on either. Um, but. I've, McAfee definitely was a waste. My biggest question is, is you have Braun Breaker and Omos staring. Why did none of them try to attack Pat? I get they're trying to be the, the little funny little skit thing there, but... Well, I mean, I guess if Pat didn't know, maybe they didn't know. Right. I felt like if you wanted to do something like that, put Tazawa at least in it, because that would have been... Tazawa, that would have been hilarious. Uh, to have Tazawa walk out there get in the ring all hype and then have like Braun Breaker spear him in half Ooh. and then Omos li- throw him out of the ring. The biggest wasted spot outside of Pat McAfee was Sami Zayn at 30. They, they were, yep, 30. That, and like, I he think came back whenever, just not 30. 30 should be right. a and just like, just like Just like we said in the CWC Discord, Punk should have been 30. Um, at least it wouldn't have been like because when the 30 spot came, that timer came on, everyone was like, okay, what surprise are we getting? Yeah, because you already had everyone in the ring. Right. So if Punk wasn't there and we knew it was Punk, no one would have been let down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could have still got the same finish to the match. And Punk probably wouldn't have you know, torn his tricep. Uh, yeah. So um, outside of those two, I don't really think there was – I, well, I'm going to say this. Damian Priest should not have been in the match. You have the briefcase. What the fuck are you trying to get a main event spot for? I mean, I mean, hypothetically, right? If, if you if you look at it, like, for, if you try to look at it, like, a, from a logical standpoint. I get or, it. Or, or, like, from a character standpoint, he could be like, yo, I win the <laughs> Rumble. I have a spot to match. Say if I lose. Right. Here, I have a rematch right now. You know, like, after the match, I jump you. Hit you with right. a chair. You kind of get, like, like a two-for-one special. So, I, mean, I, I understand I, it. I feel it, but there's like, 
logically they're not going to give him that opportunity. So why put I mean, him I, in the match? I, I, I feel like there's been other wrestlers. I mean, I, I know like historically not many of them have held the title. I mean, held the briefcase for that long. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's not the first one to hold the briefcase into Royal Rumble or enter it with enter holding right, the briefcase. Right. Yeah. Um, and then final question talking about Rumble. Where are we going from here? Um, um I, I guess with the two winners, like what's the story? Where do you where do you see this going? Is he facing Roman or is he gonna choose Seth? Uh well the the easiest the easiest answer is I think Bailey faces <laughs> Eo Sky. I'll get that right, out of the way. Right, yeah. I think she faces EO. Um as far as Cody Rhodes. Oh, okay, yeah. So like so so earlier when I you know we we kind of differ on this. I feel like this past year, Cody has been held up by obstacles trying to get back to Roman. Okay, if you remember the night after WrestleMania, Cody came out, you know, I had you beat, yeah, yeah, solo came out, and then he got Brock to be his tag team partner to get some revenge. Not knowing that Brock would turn on him, and then you know, so at that point, Brock, you know, he's fighting Brock and whatnot. Also, the draft—I forgot when the draft happened, but did the draft happen after Mania, right? Yeah, it was right before Night of Champions, wasn't it? I forget exactly when it happened, but you know, the the draft—you know—split them up and put Roman on SmackDown, Cody on Raw. So, like, mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, we we're always like. You know they never they never treat the draft serious. Like, what's the point of having the draft if you got crossover shows? I feel like they did a pretty good job at keeping the main roster talent as far as like on SmackDown and Raw. And when and when they crossed over, nine times out of ten they had a storyline reason or they had like some explanation. Mm-hmm. Like or you know like if they went over, you know they got fined by the other GM. Like I feel like you know they had a good storyline reason. So like you know Cody's on Raw. And of course, you know he executed that trade or whatever. But you know the payoff was, yeah, Kevin Owens for Jey Uso. That was the the payoff or whatever. Um, a lot of people thought it was gonna be Cody who went over, but I guess you know Triple H didn't want to pull the trigger yet on getting Cody to SmackDown because it was too still too far away from getting for WrestleMania. But you know he faces Brock, has like those three matches. You know he beats Brock twice. I, I guess it was a no contest for the the second match, right? He mm-hmm. won one. It was no contest. Mm-hmm. Then they had the third match, or he passed out. I forgot what it was. Um, and then he was like, "Okay, now that I got Brock out the way, I'm gonna, I, you know, I have my sight, my eyes set on the title or whatever." And then boom, he gets thrown in with the whole. Oh, then he brings Jay Uso over at that point, mm-hmm. and then he kind of gets caught by watching Jay's back. And he feels responsible for Jay being attacked by Judgment Day and all that stuff. So you know he gets he gets thrown to the you know the best friends thing. So he gets sidetracked by that, and then he was like, you know, now I'm setting my sights on Roman, you know, I'm setting my sights on the title. And then he gets attacked by Shinsuke, who's jealous of him, and Shinsuke keeps coming after him and keeps getting at him. So I feel like he kept trying to set his eyes on the title, but people got in his way, and it's also like a throwback to when to when the John Cena redemption story. How he had to, you know, redeem himself to, you know, get back and fight for the title again throughout the whole year. So, and also, mind you, when Cody got drafted or whatever, and when he lost, um, when he lost to Roman or whatever, we didn't have the world heavyweight title at that point. So, and you know, and then if you remember correctly, we're all talking about when Cody got entered entered into the tournament. We're like, oh, 
hope they, they hope they don't give us Cody as like a like a um what's it called consolation prize. Don't give him the title. You know, saying like Cody deserves to fight for that world that that, that universal title. Yada yada. So like at first we were all against him going for the heavyweight title. But now I feel like members of the community are going against him going for that title and they want to see the heavyweight. So, I mean, historically, the Universal WWE title is what his father never won. You know what I'm saying? He didn't win this new heavyweight title that only has one title holder in its lineage. And of course, it's the working uh, the hard, working horse title, you know, the, the workhorse title and all this, you know, defend every day type stuff. But it doesn't have the lineage or the prestige, and I feel like it would be a consolation prize. And like, if you you know, if you don't want Cody to win the, the WWE title yet, he just doesn't win it yet. And mm-hmm. now, saying all that, you know, I went on for a while saying all that. Will I be mad if they book Cody against Seth and they have a good match and a good story? No, I'm I'm the kind of fan that if you give me a good program to get behind, I can get behind it. I'll enjoy it. It's a TV show at the end of the day. It's not like I'm betting money on him to win, to win the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying, where anything could happen. I'm just a guy watching a TV show, and if you give me good story, I can get behind it. But I still want Cody to face Roman. But if they do put him against Seth, it still leaves Roman versus The Rock, Seth versus Cody. It looks like they're going to do Drew versus Punk. So I feel like if, if all the main top guys kind of get put in fuse where everything kind of culminates at Mania, and no one feels like the guy who's left out, I feel like it's mm-hmm. a win-win at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I do think he goes Roman Reigns, to be honest with you. I think this is for the main reason of what you just said of, you know, this is the title my dad's supposed to win. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I want him to go world heavyweight. I've I'm I've been open about this. It's not that I don't. It's not that I hate Cody Rhodes. I just feel what he how he's presented, and it, this isn't just WWE because he's literally the same character he was in AEW. Um, he 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 cries too much for me. Like every promo's the same, um, and you know exactly what he's gonna say, and it, to me it's a little bit bland. Um, there's nothing for me to get behind with Cody Rhodes. Um, and I just, I've, I've convinced myself that Roman Reigns is getting the, the, the record from Hulk Hogan. And so to me to waste, and I do see it as a waste, um, to have Cody Rhodes in this match, to have him lose again. Um, unless there's some sort of like, stipulation where if Cody loses, he can't challenge for it again or something. Uh, I, I don't see your purpose to having that match. Whereas there's history with him and Co- uh, him and um, Seth that we never really got to see the end of that feud. Um, and I, I'd, I would rather see that match and have someone like the rock or, you know, a par- some sort of part-timer or, Someone, maybe even someone like Randy Orton who can afford to take a loss to Roman um, in that Mania spot. Whereas I don't think Cody can afford to take a, a second loss at Mania. Um, I think the fans will start to turn on believing he in, in the finish the story thing um, if he loses. Um, 
So for me, if we, I think we could be a little bit patient with it and have Cody be the one to beat Roman at a Survivor Series or something like that, um, or SummerSlam. I know, I know, we've said in the past that it should be Mania, and maybe, maybe if we, even if we have to wait another year to have it happen, just let Roman get the record, and then, and I know a lot of the casual fan base doesn't necessarily care about records. Um, and so they want it to be done now. And maybe, maybe Cody does be at mania, but I don't know. I just, I would prefer Seth versus Cody because from a logical standpoint to me, there's no, there's nothing in, in the recent story that tells me why Cody should be there against Roman. Everything you said is true. You know, he's gone through all these obstacles, but at no point has these have these obstacles pointed towards Roman Reigns, in my opinion, how I viewed the show. Um, and so just to have him randomly be put over there, especially seeing that he's technically still a Raw superstar, and, you know, it would have made logical sense, that, you know, because the Kevin Owens part of the trade didn't happen until after Survivor Series. So the Super Friends story was over. Why not just move Cody over there on this build up there? And so just there's no storyline there. And so I just I can't get behind it. I just can't. Well, now, what if um, so what if Cody say next next episode of Raw or whatever on SmackDown, if he if he picks Roman and then, you know, I guess like, uh, uh, you know, I guess in WWE logic. Since he picked Roman, he's now going to be a SmackDown superstar. Do you think there's enough build between now and Mania to to, to convince you to get Cody Roman part two? Um, it depends on if Roman's going to be there because I don't think Cody can build it himself, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, unless he changes his promo style because uh, every every week I can tell you what it's going to be. You know, what do you want to talk about? I got to finish the story, this, that, and the third. And I mean, maybe Paul Heyman can help build it, but if Roman's not going to be at Chamber, like it's reported that he's not, and that leaves, that takes a month away from Roman being there, that leaves us a, a month and a half, potentially, of Roman being on the show to build. I don't, I just don't know if there's enough time to convince me maybe it can convince more, the more casual crowd but me myself i just i can't get behind it if it's only like that that little amount of build so to it me me personally i'm i'm not essentially team cody has to beat roman i'm more so i'm more team cody needs to win the universal wb title before he even wins the heavyweight title because I feel like if he wins the heavyweight title first, it's going to look more as like a constellation slash we can't put you over Roman yet, so here's this to hold on to it type mm-hmm. of thing. I feel, especially because he already had the chance to go after his world heavyweight title for the better part of a year, and he chose not to. You know what I'm saying? He decided to, you know, you know, he was, he was in all these feuds. He could have went after Seth, but he didn't and all this other stuff. So I feel like if he chooses Seth now, it's kind of a constellation prize. So that's why, I, that's why I feel like Cody wasn't the right guy to win the Rumble this year. I agree. I, f- I feel 
yeah, so he should have won the Universal title first. And then down the line, if you want to have him hold the heavyweight title, add more to his resume. Yes, but he should win the I, Universal title so first. I feel Cody should have won Money in the Bank this year. Mm. Um, because you can, what you could then have done is give him the briefcase. Roman gets the record, and someone, you know, let's say Solo turns on him, uh, or whatever. Then Cody can come out and cash in. And and be the one to beat Roman, and I know that's cheap, but um, I don't know. That goes against what I believe. I don't believe a face should be Money in the Bank because Money in the Bank is sort of like a free title match where well, you steal. Unless it. they call their shot, like it has right, time. right. Um, and so I think we could have waited a little bit and let Cody be Money in the Bank. I definitely don't. But at that same time, like, who else could have won Rumble? I mean, um, I, I, one way you can maybe go about it is, like, Cody get somehow, like, you know, talked into slash, like, disrespected to the point where he defends his, like, top opportunity at a chamber. He puts it on the line against somebody. Like, say, you know, somebody's attacking him, somebody's dissing him, and this is his daddy, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He, he feels like he needs to protect his pride and his ego, that he puts it up for grabs at Chamber, and he loses it at Chamber. Mm-hmm. And then that would put Cody back in the out of the title picture, but more into a grudge match at Mania. I just don't feel like he's put into position to beat Roman at Mania. And like you said, he can't afford two losses in a row at Mania. Right. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you just said there. Um, so we're going to move forward. I'm actually going to cut this segment. I'm going to make this a bonus episode. I'll do by myself of me ranting on this whole CM Punk thing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's a whole hour in and of itself. Uh, so we'll just move on to, uh, questions of, from the discord. We've sort of touched on this first question last week, but it was asked. So we'll touch on it again. Uh, for DJ Wavy D, why is Raw the better show than SmackDown? Raw is the better show. For one, we have a champion who is on TV weekly. Even though he is not my preferred champion, he does mm-hmm. put on good matches. You know, I might be over his, his character. His character might be a little st- stale to me, but the fans that go to the show still love him. They still love doing his chant. So, you know, if they can get behind him. And occasionally I get behind him, depending who he's facing, how the story goes. I can get behind him. Mm-hmm. I, I just like seeing my title change hands more often. Um, Seth is, is a great champion. We have the greatest Intercontinental champion of all time in Gunther. Mm. Um, we have a bad, sexy woman who was our world champion, strong woman, strong independent woman. Mm. We got Mommy, Rhea Ripley, always on top. Um, we have the tag team champions are Monday Night Raw superstars, you know, in the Judgment Day. You know, saying all rise with the Judgment Day. Shout out my boy R Truth. Um, hmm. Yeah, no, you know, I just feel like we have all around great talent. We got three hours worth of programming. You know, saying it's Triple H's baby. I feel like he gives more attention to the Raw than he does SmackDown. Hmm. And, you know, if it's, it's just Triple H's baby, it's my baby. Team Red all the way. Monday Night History. We got yeah. this. And Netflix, Netflix and Tussle. Absolutely. Um, and 
you just you missed the new reason why I would say this, and you have the best commentary team in wrestling now. Pat McAfee's back full time. Mm. And so you got McAfee and Cole together. I know a lot of people are not a big a, a big fan of McAfee, but this is this is this is gonna be good. One here's the problem with McAfee is he's a casual watcher. So when when he because he hasn't been on commentary consistently for six to eight months, I'm pretty certain he's hasn't watched anything. Um and so he doesn't know what he's anything of the stories but once he gets you know two three weeks into this mm. the chemistry will be there um i think it's the best team on and at least in wwe uh so, right now does that mean we're getting Corey graves and wade bear on smackdown that is what i believe is going to happen yep okay okay um which is which makes smackdown better because you know i know you never want to see anyone lose their job but kevin patrick deserved yeah. to a long time ago he just he wasn't hitting, bro. He wasn't hitting. Um, and then the second question here, uh, the last one for from the Discord this week, uh, we had Braun Breaker, Roxanne Perez, and Tiffany Stratton all from NXT uh, show up at the Rumble. If you had to choose one of them to stay on the main roster, and they were the only ones of the three to stay, who would it be and why? All right, bet. I'm gonna throw you for a curveball, okay? Okay. For a curveball, out of the three of these folks, I feel like there is a definite one that most people would like. You know, say most people would pick. Probably even yourself would pick. And then there's a second person who, if you're focused on that division, everyone would kind of pick. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the dark horse in this trio. I'm taking Roxanne Perez. Ooh. I feel like she is the most versatile of the three i feel like you can evolve her in many stories i feel like she could be your fighting workhorse mid-card champion i feel like she could sell the story of being the underdog who rises to the top i feel like she has the craziness the craziness in her to play a heel and i feel like out of the three of them i feel like she got some of the best merch you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. know like to tiffany stratton of course you know she's like the athletic blonde bombshell who's who got the athletic gene of a goddess and you know she'd be doing her thing. But that role's kind of already filled. We got the Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. You know, saying she might be the next Charlotte Flair, but we still kind of got Charlotte for another let's say six to eight years at, you know going strong, depending on how long she wants to do it. You know, say we got Charlotte. And you know, Tiffany is kind of like a Charlotte 2.0 in a way. You know, Braun Breaker you know he that guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He 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 got he got he got wrestling in his blood. He's a strong, athletic dude. He's a powerhouse. You know what I'm saying? He's proven they could do both heel and face. But like you you can't sell him as underdog. You you can only sell him as a strong, powerful superstar. And if he's not strong and powerful, he might as well be buried. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. w- w- once you break that illusion that he's not going to beat everyone, that he's not you know going to beat everyone's ass. Like once you break that illusion, it's hard to build him back up. Like for example, if he goes to the main roster and he fails, he might be another Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross was that dominant force in NXT who everyone loved. He came to the main roster the first time, wasn't booked properly. He failed. He left. He came back under Triple H. He's still not quite succeeding to his current point, and so. The big muscular, like athletic freaks, even like Bobby Lashley, 
they, they, you know, he 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 got world champion, but he was never the face of WWE. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, if you're not pushed as that big strong threat right away, and you don't maintain that, and you can't do much outside of that, it's gonna be hard for you to stay relevant. Mm. Whereas Roxanne, I feel like got that like first um versatility to do a lot of different things. You know what I'm saying? I feel like she could interact with a lot of people. She could tell stories. You can give her like that AJ Lee role where she's like the girl next door, kind of like girlfriend to a lot of superstars. Or you can, you can serve as like the crazy girl who's attacking superstars backstage, stalking people. You know what I'm saying? You can push her as the underdog like Daniel Bryan. I feel like she's very versatile. Mm. I, I'm going to say this right now. You just sold me on Roxanne Perrette now. Uh, <laughs> but now the answer to me is, is Braun Breaker. I'm sure everyone kind of expected that would, would have been the answer. Um, just because I feel when you have to str- you have to strike now that it's hot. Like, um, I feel like Roxanne, um, while she is versatile, I personally see her in the same light as I see Sasha Banks. And I think Sasha Banks is a completely overrated. Mm. Um, outside of, like, Sasha's character, um, I don't necessarily think Sasha was all that, you know, all that um, good. I think there's a reason Vince McMahon didn't push her. Um, and uh, and I feel the same way with Roxanne. I feel she's a little bit dull, even when she does get the little, like, crazy side there. Like, it's not believable to me, at least. Um, Tiffany, she's she's good. She's athletic. But there's only so much you can do with what what she has. Um, you know, the 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 Barbie character can only go so far. And I don't think outside of that we haven't been able to really see her evolve her character. And so if she's just gonna be the hot blonde, like you said, we have sixteen of those on the roster. Shoot, you got characters like her like Carmella and Chelsea Green. Right. Their, their character trait is they're the center of attention. Right. And so I, I it's sort of similar to like like when Liv Morgan came up from NXT and she she literally was Carmella's gimmick, mm. the just the Jersey girl. Um, it, no one cared about Liv Morgan. She had to portray what she is now for people to care about her. And so I'm not quite sold on Tiffany yet in terms of her ability to adapt her character, mm. um, because like you did said, you 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 don't have a Charlotte Flair in NXT, but you have her on the main roster. How are you going to separate yourself? Which is why I, as much as people complain about how Rhea looks like the goth character, there's a reason she went that direction because her blonde self in 2015 was being compared to Charlotte and she wanted to stand out. Um, And so Braun to me, I'm with you though, that, you know, if Braun Breaker can't get over on the main roster, there's no fixing it. So you, you have to do it right. You have to present it right. And um, I don't know. It, it I don't know. You really changed my my answer on this one. I can't really defend it. You, you know, Roxanne, you are sort of right with Roxanne where she is more versatile. Um, all right, so we'll move on. Uh, when, when, when we logged on here, Wavy D said he had a freestyle written. So we're going to let him let him perform some bars for us, see what he got written for us. All right, guys. So, you know, before, like, a half hour before the show started, you know, at my, at my other job, you know, 
I was helping other people write poetry and some raps and stuff. And so I was laying in bed prepping for the show. And I was, you know, I was listening to music and I was like, yo, what if I just wrote like a, a rap cipher, you know, a rap, like a wrestling rap. I was, I was, I was watching stash bros actually. And they had, they were taking a quiz where it was like, guess the rapper based off of this wrestling themed um, lyric lyrics Mm -hmm. or whatever. I was like, yo, I could write stuff like that or just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. All right, so bear with me. All right, here's what I got. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six bars. It's a, it's a six bar for you. Okay. <clears throat> just like Cody Rhodes, I'm trying to finish the story. Blaying through jobbers, it's about to get gory. Running the streets like, running the streets like Brondi running the ropes. I catch on quick like White did the slopes. I'm a natural at it. I handle my body with care. I don't have to jump off ladders. That's not my kind of flair. I be wooing the ladies because I'm styling and profiling. Some might say I'm jet flying. This ain't a plane ride from hell, but best believe she gonna see me from bell to bell. To keep my money in check, I hired Brad from the APA. But to keep my girls in check, I got like Vince to sign the NDA. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there y'all go. There y'all go. Mm. Mm. That last one, that last one's gonna get get, get you in trouble. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know if you caught every bar in there. I don't know if you caught it. I don't know if it went over your head, but you know what I'm saying. Mm. Just like Rose, I'm trying to finish my story. Mm-hmm. Blading through jobbers is about to get gory. Like you Ooh. know what I'm saying. Running the streets like Braun be running the ropes. I don't know if y'all saw this past week. Braun yeah. Brinker runs at 23 miles per hour on the ropes. He got clocked in at 23 miles per hour. <sighs> I catch on quick like White did a slope like Sean White. That might be a throwback mm-hmm. for some of y'all. You know what I'm saying? If y'all, y'all wasn't, but that was X Games back in the early 2000s. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm a natural with it. I handle my body with care. I don't jump off of ladders. That's not my kind of flair. <laughs> I'm a natural. Rick Flair. I don't jump off ladders. I'm not, I'm not a I'm not a spot fest demon. I'm a natural entertainer. You know, that's not a kind of flair. You know what I'm saying? I be woo wooing the ladies. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm styling <laughs> and profiling. Some might even say I be jet flying. You you, you mm. know Ric Flair famous right, promo, right? You know the famous promo. Now, if y'all watch Dark Side of the Ring, you know where this is going. <laughs> this ain't a play right. This ain't a plane ride from hell. But best believe she gonna see me from bell to bell. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We 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 might we might we not be up. You know what I'm saying? How Ric Flair, you know, was 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 flashing ladies. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? I don't get down like that. But best believe me, she gonna see me from bell to bell. You know what I'm saying? We about to get down. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then to keep my money in check, I hired Brad. You know Bradshaw. You know what I'm saying from the APA. You know what I'm saying? If y'all you know y'all add two air babies out there, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But to keep my girls in check, I got like Vince and signed the NDA. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bars. <laughs> Bars. All right. So we're going to end this show just like we did last week and, and we'll continue to do with uh, it's a Thirsty Tuesday again. Same concept. Uh, four women. We have to pick who we will prefer to go on a date with. Again, one from main roster WWE, one from NXT, one from AEW slash ROH, and then one from the 
independence or free agent list. Uh, so from main roster, we got Bailey, our our uh, Royal Rumble winner. Mm. From NXT, we have Jada Parker. Mm. Uh, if you're not familiar with NXT, she's newer. Uh, just just search her up on Instagram. That's all you got to do. Mm. Uh, and then from AEW, we got Timeless Tony Storm. And then if we have Tessa Blanchard from the the Independence. We'll let Wavy D go first. Who are you picking? So for y'all, for for my folks in the Discord, you know, I told you <laughs> my my answer might surprise some of y'all. You know what I'm saying? So typically, if you go through my Instagram, you see who I follow. You <laughs> might see some women who resemble what's her name from NXT again? Jada Parker. You might see some yeah. women who represent Miss Parker. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> you might see some some women who who look like her. You know what I'm saying. Right. She she is a a fine fine woman. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Mm. But as you guys know, me as DJ VT, I you know I, I like to connect on the emotional level. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying. I, I'm I'm more than just a a pretty face chaser. You know what I'm saying. You know what mm. I'm saying. I, I'm more I'm more than just your average pimp, average player. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so like when, when it comes to me and my women, you know what I'm saying? I like I like to connect. I like to see the deeper, you know, in you know, down inside you, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so I'm not only looking for a woman for the night, I'm looking for a woman for life, you know what I'm saying? I need a part. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? That's why at first I wasn't fully, you know, she was my full cup of tea. But if you go on IWC TikTok or IWC Twitter, they're always pointing out that homegirl got cake. I didn't see that first. <laughs> but apparently she got cake, and then I finally seen it. And, you know, she's she has a great personality. I got to go Bailey number one, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Ba- 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 Bailey, you know what I'm saying? She is an attractive woman. She's a strong woman. She might got the Karen cut, but we could work around that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but she has mm. a great personality. You know, saying she loved the fans. You know, she you know she say she don't. You know, she loved the fans. You know, what I'm saying so. I gotta go Bailey number one, and then Miss Parker number two. You know, what I'm saying right. You know, what I'm saying I, I I like to get I, I like to get her get get to know her better. You know, what I'm saying personality wise, I might tune the XT a little more. Yeah, they put her Not with a... they put her without the mud. She's she's ghetto now. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> with, yeah the, the one by with, with Reggie. With Reggie's the yeah. manager. The, yeah. the, G, the GTA crew. Yep. Um. Next, I gotta go with. You know, say I, I I could show her a better way of life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she, you know, I, I could I could show her how a man should treat her. You know, saying you know, from from what from my knowledge, she got out of a pretty bad relationship. You know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. Homegirl Tessa Blanchard. You know, very toxic relationship from what I heard. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I I could treat you right. You know, so I put Tessa number three. And you know, saying number four is timeless. Tony Storm. She might be timeless, but we're we're also gonna be timeless. Right? We we're, we're we're gonna spend no time together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna be timeless. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, <laughs> Bailey, Jada, Tessa, Tony. Okay, I'm be completely honest with y'all. It's it's Jada and no one else. <laughs> it's, it's Jada and no one else. Uh, and like I said, just look her up on Instagram. And that's all you got. That's all you got to do, and and you'll understand my reasoning. <laughs> um, I will say though, Bailey do got that cake. 
if you if you did if it took you that long to re- realize that she do uh and then I, i'm gonna put tessa third like you did and 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 tony storm ain't even number four she like number 400 so uh <laughs> like a hold you so I, I was i was about to look up jada but there's another person who popped up my explore page <laughs> you know yo yo low-key no no that's naya that's not that's not she ah. got going on a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Ah. I look like Jakara for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Miss Jackson, absolutely. Uh yeah, but yeah. Uh any final thoughts before we close out this show? No, no. Um not 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 that I could think of, you know what I'm saying? Um put push push Cody towards the to, towards the universal title. But yeah, down for I think whatever. I think he's gonna I'm, be on. I think he's gonna be on SmackDown on Friday. So I think that's where he makes the decision. I'm I'm here for the roll for the roller coaster ride to WrestleMania. Just <laughs> yeah. take, take, take me take me take me for the journey. I'm here for entertainment. I, I can get on board with 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 whatever. Just you know, show me effort and show me progress, mm-hmm. and I'm here. Right. All right. And with that. Uh, Go to junkyardmediagroup.com. You can find all our content there. Tune in Thursday to the Junkyard Media Group YouTube page to watch Beyond the Junkyard. Uh, watch out. I, I am going to post a, a, a sort of bonus episode one of these days. Where I'm, I got some things to say about, about the fans again. <laughs> uh, some, of, some of y'all be flip-flopping on CM Punk now. And, and I'm going to save that rant for another day. Uh, but... Uh, with that, we'll see y'all next week, and y'all have a great uh, rest of re- great rest of your uh, your week. And we'll see you next Tuesday, same time, same place. Uh, and until then, see y'all. See y'all then. Brother, I'm going on a wild, 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 wild. If I like it's a moment.